Hey, I'm Sailor. It's another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey, and tonight it's all about those kings and queens and their thrones. So, for the listeners that might be new to this show, we do hardly ever compare two albums from one against each other. We do discuss, argue, and very unprofessionally debate the merits, and in the end, only one album or artist will reign supreme. But not tonight. I mean, we kind of are. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about artists. (laughs) Exactly. Matt. <laughs> well, Jake, you are kind of correct. Tonight, we are not doing an album battle, but we are doing a battle of some sort. Yes, indeed, because this is part four of our Best Of series, and tonight we'll be talking about the drummers. Yes, indeed. Last time we discussed the best rock and metal bass players. No, we didn't. We talked about guitarists last time. <laughs> Who wrote this script? Sorry. Anyway, um, it got a little contentious. What and tonight, Jake, we'll see if we can be a little less contentious. So, tonight... Hey, um, I kept it. I kept it to the rules, and I've only got... I've got... Five drummers and five percussionists. Just like oh we my about. fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Rules were meant to be just, broken, just like you said. Some conga players in there. Uh huh. So anyway, <laughs> if we can get through this, we're gonna come up with our version of the ultimate heavy band, with and adding the drummer to this ultimate heavy band. I can't wait to find popular out who it is. Vote. I know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be but guys. Um, before we get into our lists, as always, we start with the whiskey and a pairing from Ed tonight. But quickly, what is everyone else drinking? Jake, are you drinking Coffee. anything right now? Coffee and water. Water out of my uh, Michigan State Spartan large glass because uh, they just won tonight right before the right before we started recording. When will the drought end? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just leaving it to leaving it to life to figure it out. You're gonna be bombed when you start drinking again. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, we have our first anniversary coming up. I mean you have to. Yes, you have to You have to on one year man. anniversary. We'll see. Ed, what about you? About me? Well, Jake, I'm glad you asked. I Are just you? happened <laughs> to have bought my first store pick. So I picked up that's a um 
my my hometown, DeKalb, Illinois. I grew up there, and there is a distillery that opened in I'm gonna say what 2013, I think it was, uh, Whiskey Acres, and they have released a straight bourbon, and yeah, it's one of the local grocery store chains in town. There, uh, High V picked their uh, beverage manager. There picked a barrel and it's pretty darn good uh when i first opened it it i don't know i wasn't that thrilled with it over the standard offering but now that i've had it open a while not coming back to it it's really starting to uh starting to be taste pretty good really yeah it's uh fairly young it's still a straight which is you know at least two years old um it's there it's so it's their distillate Oh yeah. What what did you say the proof was on it? The proof is eighty seven point five, I wanna say. Or no, it's eighty seven proof, yeah. Okay. So it's not, not too hot. Um it's a little thin, thinner than I like, not too viscous. But um some of the flavors it's got a lot of like the baking your typical, you know, baking spice flavors, um very corn forward like Sweet cornbread or sweet corn. Hmm. Um, overall, a pretty pretty nice pour. Awesome. How about you, Matt? I'm drinking 1792 Bottled and Bond. This is the 2017 release, not the 2018 release that was recently given, uh, I think, a top 10 from Whiskey Advocate. Uh, but, you know, i got to be perfectly honest with you, not really enjoying it right now. Really? I mean, considering what I spent on it and other bottles and bonds that I love that I could get for half the price of what I spent on this one, I'm a little disappointed. Not going to lie. And to me, it tastes very similar to the small batch, um, but with a little bit more of an edge. That's basically it. I'm hoping maybe if I let it sit and come back to it, maybe I'll change my mind. But as of right now, not too keen. I found that strange that they brought out that the the bottled and bond. I, mean, I guess it puts it right there at 100 proof, but the full proof. I mean, the full proof picks are they're 125 proof, and and I mean they're like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't it didn't make sense to me why you would buy because it didn't. Isn't that right about what the bottled and bond is too? It's like the same um, price. I'm into this like 50 bucks. Yeah, well, I guess the, I guess yeah, the yeah. foolproof picks probably are closer to fifty now, but yeah, I mean, it just didn't make sense to me to. I mean, it's one thing when you have two different, you know, different distilleries priced differently, but for the same same juice, and they're going to sell you their lower proof same options same for juice, the same price. Yep. It didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, <clears throat> and I think their foolproof is like six to eight years. And if it's the bottled and bond, it just has to be four. It's so, four, yeah. So I don't know. None of it made sense to me. It's just yeah. one of those things that. Uh, but I mean, you know, with you know OGD bottled and bond and Evan Williams, I mean, it's just being so much. Oh, you know what? You know, there's so twenty dollars less for OGD, options. man. I mean, I can't. You know, I can't justify my purchasing this as of this moment right now because I'm just disappointed. But maybe, that, like I said, maybe that'll change with time. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think when you come back to it in a yeah. week or something like that. 
Rounding it out, Sailor, what are you drinking? Sailor. I'm drinking some Redemption Rye tonight. I am. Um, Interesting. I. This was Is a gift. Is that the barrel strength? No. Does it have redeeming qualities? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh. Spoiler alert. This was. I wonder, Rye not. <laughs> hilarious. This was given to me as a gift. Have you guys had it? No, I, I, I have not. I know the no. like the six and eight year barrel strength rye from Redemption uh, is supposed to be just absolutely nuts delicious. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, I have heard the same thing. Um, I have. This is their. This is just their regular rye, and I had it before in a tasting, but it was like a huge tasting. And to be honest. I don't remember. I don't remember drinking it. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, I don't know what's in this because, you know, their age statement says age no less than one year. So I'm, I, there's, there's, de- it's definitely blended because I would know if it was that young. Um, so whatever's in it, I'm assuming is their own distillate and they blend, I don't know. Um, it's distilled in Indiana and bottled by Redemption Barrel Selections in Lawrenceburg. MGP. Um, yep. Yep. So, <laughs> so you, I mean, you know it's a blend. Uh, they do more rye than anybody, so you yeah. figure they do it well. I, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm, I think I'm picky about my rye. I think I'm a lot less picky about bourbon. I think I can easily appreciate different flavor profiles in bourbon than I do rye. I think rye, I'm looking for a very specific flavor, and I think I am have higher expectations from rye than I do bourbon. Um, I think rye is a little bit more challenging to get that balance. Um, this is the first thing I got from this was glue. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know, in young oh, yeah. distillate, you get like that Elmer's glue. Elmer's or rubber? No, like, like Elmer's. Rubber cement. Elmer's. Well, I, I mean, yeah, Elmer's rubber cement. It's that salty, gluey, briny, <clears throat> uh, <throat> plasticky thing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's common in young distillate. Again, if it goes away, that's fine. But, you know, then I, I do get the spice after that. You know, I get like cinnamon toast and a little bit of white pepper and some fruit in there, but it's just very, it's, there's, it's, it's very medicinal. It's a little harsh. Yeah. It's not smooth yeah. at all. Um, it, it doesn't round out enough for me. So, uh, I can't say I'm a fan of this. Sorry. Like it needs a little more time in the barrel. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't think there sounds like young MGP. It also doesn't taste like it's a hundred percent rye to me. I mean, it's not a straight rye. I don't. I wouldn't even think it. I wouldn't even say this is. I mean, I I'm having a hard time finding it to be overly rye or rye forward. <clears throat> so I don't. It might just. It might just be their fifty-one percent. Yeah. Rye that, oh, oh, definitely. There's no way. There's more than that in here. No way. So yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was just gonna confirm it. It has to be at least fifty-one percent mm-hmm. rye to be considered a rye whiskey, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like bourbon, okay. yeah. Straight rye. Yep. Yep. Well, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, can't say that I love this. Can't say that I. The uh, the other thing about this, the more I drink it, is I can't say I love the yeast strain either. I'm sensitive to yeast strains. Um. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I think of it. 
All right. <laughs> but to each his own. Real quick, I looked up uh, just a quick uh, blurb about that, Sailor. Yep. And somebody wrote, um, a friend says it tastes like the carpet in a fraternity house after a rager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that's so wow, great. that's a bit harsh. <laughs> How does he know what that tastes like? <laughs> that, I mean... I'm not getting that flavor note, but again, Dude, that's awfully specific. Subjective. Uh, I was just um, trying to look up the mash bill on it, and that's one of the first things. If that I came was gonna, off. if I was gonna say anything about carpet, I would say new commercial grade carpet. That's Formal, smell. Formal, which is formaldehyde. Yes, that's yeah, what yeah, you're smelling. Yeah, yeah. Yes, formaldehyde. Yeah, yep. That's, yeah, I know that smell. Really that's what well. I get in that. To me, it's it's glue and formaldehyde and a little bit of like melted plastic. Hmm. <laughs> And then a little cinnamon toast crunch on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like eating a bowl of cereal in your new home. Yep. <laughs> while you're laying on the floor. When while your put... kids, while your kids melt their toys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so when your bro- little brother's eating glue next to you. Yeah. <laughs> right next to Jojo, the crazy glue sniffer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you just hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> Oh, oh sorry, goodness. redemption. <clears throat> oh, boy. All right. Well, that kind of ended on a down note, but uh, <laughs> since uh, maybe we can bring things up a little bit and um, get into my whiskey pairing. So this is going to be short and sweet. Um, I thought about drummers and like, what would be the logical choice to go with drumming? And it just kind of jumped out at me. So I present to you, drum roll please. Johnny Drum. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny Drum is produced, I believe, by the uh, Willet Distillery. Correct. It's Johnny Drum Private Stock. It comes in at 101 proof or 50.5% alcohol by volume. It is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, small batch. And according to Bill Thomas of the Jack Rose Dining Saloon, it had the tasting notes is um, it's, he says the nose is sour apple, vanilla, and oak. The palate is a snowball rolling over fruits, vanilla, and spices, mixing them all together into a well balanced and complex whiskey. It's <laughs> an interesting visual. Now, I have not had this myself, unfortunately, so I had to reply had to rely on someone else's tasting notes. But, um, yeah, from the sounds of it, I'd definitely be curious. Any of you have this, uh, ever had this? I never no. have. Anybody, I, I've no. known a couple people that have tried it, and it seems like there's either 
a extreme hate for it or an extreme love for it because I've known a couple. <laughs> it's true. I know a couple of people that really like it and look for it, and then some that tried it and would never try it again. Oh my! So it's relatively inexpensive too. I believe. I think it's maybe in the thirty dollar range, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd try it for that. Yeah, I mean, why not? All right. So, like I said, it's just short and sweet, and that's my pairing. Thanks, Ed. All right. Ed. No problem. Short and sweet. I won't beat it to death. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh man. Wow. <clears throat> All right, guys. So let's get into the topic of the night. I am dying to hear your lists. So, um, again, just to let everybody know how this is supposed to go down, we are each to pick five of our choices for the top or best drummers in metal or hard rock and um then in the end we will see who got the most votes and add that drummer to our already formed band um to see what the ultimate band would look like from our perspective um and again if you're listening to this show for the first time go back and start with singers, please, so you know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Um, nope. And go, go to singers so that go, you know what we're talking about, yeah. and then go to bassists so that you can then not know what we're talking about. Yep, and then go to uh, guitarists. And to guitarists so that and you then can, you can finally know do my singers about. list. <laughs> nope. Um, so again, the reason why we're doing this is we all see these lists everywhere, and we would all send them to each other and be like, do you believe this shit? Again, these lists are all subjective. You know, we are not saying we it's know better strange. than anybody else. This is just our version of what a top list would look like. Mm-hmm. But we do. So, okay. <laughs> but we do. So, who would like to start first this evening? I don't believe Jake has had the pleasure of going first yet. Just get it over with, man. Just get it over with. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. If we're going to jump on you, we might as well jump on you early. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See, and that's where where you would need to see an older episode to understand that. Yes. Well, I guess since... uh, since, uh, as always, I, First I pick have Lars. some semantics included in my uh, in my choices, um, and it was funny. Matt Matt actually texted me earlier today, uh, and it, I could tell right away by his question what what the gears in his head were were turning about because he texted me to say, "Did you have Jimmy Page on your guitar list?" <laughs> And I immediately knew what he was thinking. <clears throat> and this, I, I think what he was thinking was, uh, if I didn't have Jimmy Page on my guitar list because I didn't think that he was a hard rock or metal guitar player, then maybe I wouldn't have John Bonham on my drum list. <clears throat> but... Well, an inquisitive mind would think so, but you don't, well, you don't know. Well, no. Uh, Jimmy Page is 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 my favorite guitar player but i think what makes him great and where he sits on the upper echelon of guitar players is more of a blues rock and folk rock style of guitar playing however john bonham uh his style of drumming could easily be in any hard rock early metal style band uh to me, um, 
he's he's the most versatile rock and roll uh whether it be just about any type of rock you want to talk about other than maybe like the heaviest of metal and maybe if he uh, had stuck around long enough to see that come to life he he might have done that too so john bonham sits on the top of the mountain for me and that's i don't i just i couldn't do a drum unless we were talking specifically heavy metal i couldn't do a drum list without john bonham so <clears throat> it'd be really interesting to see what he could have done with a second base oh yeah oh <laughs> he was just so dynamic so energetic mm-hmm. and i i think i referenced this on a on a diff uh, probably on the led zeppelin episode but uh, the polyphonic YouTube channel that we reference um, here and there has an, just a fantastic episode about John Bonham and the type of timing signatures he uses when he was drumming. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it, the guy was brilliant. Uh, you know, probably enough said there. I think I yeah, don't, I don't think that's a question. You know, out there of how great John Bonham was as a drummer, um, especially no argument I, from me. I think one a lot of times if 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 you want to know how important or how great uh, a drummer was, you can kind of look at some of your favorite drummers or some other great drummers and, and look at the common names that, that they will use as influences in their lives. And I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, you know, a, a major drummer list, make a list that didn't have John Bonham on it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Next on my list is going to be uh, Chris Adler from Lamb of God. Um, again, you know, from a metal standpoint, the precision, the speed, the ability to go uh, full-on thrash to, uh, you know, a rhythmic metal-style drumming. The guy's got great range, and uh, one of the things that I love about Lamb of God is their, 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 their timing precision, how they just hit all together and and he's the backbone that that makes that band tick that way so um for our good friend uh scotch trooper danny carey from tool is next on my list uh fibonacci that might uh, to be able to drum in a fibonacci sequence alone uh is pretty incredible but here's another guy that uh um just the the way the ability and uh boy to be able to to play drums in that band um i think would be a lot of fun it would probably be really difficult just the the style of uh of their music and and how eclectic it is um but uh but he's right there um this is where it started to get Really, really, really difficult. Um, how about we each do three, and then we go back around and each do two? No, 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 no. Fishing for ideas, man. Let's just let's do save, it. Let's let's each save one for Rip last and no, go around. off the band. No, come just on, do it. Come just on, do it the way we've done it every time, every show. Okay, but. But I, I might end. I, you might be able to talk me into having someone on my list that's sitting there that might, if I make the decision right now, that person might not be on there. No, the only reason we I, did that was because of what you did last I, week. Yeah, exactly. I think, exactly. I think you know. So it is as I think it is. You know this week. who I'm talking no, about. It is as it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come on, give it up. 
Let's hear it. <sighs> okay. Come on, we want to hear some conviction. Before I give my before I give my final my <laughs> final pick, I'm going to give a couple because we've done this. I'm just going to give a couple honorable mentions. We well, got two um, picks left, man. Yeah, you got two picks left. <clears throat> I do, don't I? Yep. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so caught up in everything he he lost count. I know. <laughs> okay, so a couple of a uh, couple honorable mentions. Um, Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience uh, was one that uh, is a brilliant drummer, and I think I think he was just kind of as Jimi Hendrix was. He was kind of like that bridge drummer that led into the metal scene like his style of speed drumming if you listen to the song fire or some of the other you know up-tempo songs like that uh the guy could just he could just flat out play and what he was doing in the 60s um was was really ahead of its time um you guys might be surprised by this but uh uh, Nico from Iron Maiden. I I had to put him as an honorable mention. Oh well, yeah. <clears throat> Even though I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, not much of an Iron Maiden fan. When we did the Iron Maiden episode, just from listening to their music, he really stood out to me as somebody mm-hmm. that could. I mean, he could truly hold his own. He was uh, had great range as a as a drummer, and I you know I felt he. Uh, even from me, deserved uh, a lot of credit and deserved a, a mention. Now, he was on my honorable mention list as well. <clears throat> my other, my final honorable mention is is Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine, and he's one of my favorite drummers personally. Um, but I, I think I would, I'm not going to put him on the list of who I think are the greatest, even though he's one of my favorites. I love his sound. Um, so the three final that I I just had a hell of a time i've got i've got three drummers for two spots and here we go and this is where it just it it became really difficult for me and one of the spots is going to go to vinnie paul of pantera um for a lot of the same reasons uh you know as i said before i mean the guy he was he was at the forefront of a style of of metal with his drumming um, he's one of my favorites, and and I mean the guy's just great. Uh, oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So one of these guys was uh, an innovator and really influenced a lot of drummers. And this other guy, I think, which from a skill standpoint, I would ha- I would be hard pressed to not have him on the list, which would you guys pick? If it's the two you think that I think you're I, thinking of, it's if an it's impossible the same choice. Two I'm thinking of, <laughs> they might be my top two. We'll see. I got to so, go with Innovator any day. That's just me. Okay, so that would be Bill Ward of Black Sabbath. <clears throat> Ooh, not what I was not expecting. What I was, expecting ah, I'm surprised. Either. Very um, surprised. Not, not because I think from a technical standpoint that he was brilliant in his time or well it's it's kind of that argument i made before he's he's kind of that that guy that in his time what he was doing Mm -hmm. i think inspired this other guy who was (laughs) dave lombardo to probably become a great drummer that he became and 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 dave lombardo is I mean, I don't like Slayer. I've made that very clear on the show. 
and I don't even like what the majority of his style, you know, of drumming is, which is that thrash, fast blast beat style. I'm not a big fan of that, but that doesn't take away from the fact that in that that genre of music, he's the best there is. He's, he, I mean, technically speaking, he is he's brilliant. He, I think uh, so. Those were the two final guys for one spot, and uh, and and I let Matt pick it, and he went with Bill Ward of Black Sabbath. <laughs> you can't blame. Do not blame me, <laughs> Mr. Tiebreaker. I was completely right. off. I was completely off from the two that I thought you were which talking about. Who was, right. So which? What was the other? Did you think that Dave Lombardo was one of them? No. Really? Yes, I did. I would have never thought I you would. I was right about I would one. never you, thought you would choose him. Who did you think was my other? I'm one? not going to say it. I'm not going to say. Oh, okay. Me yeah. either, because he's on on my list. What I was going to say, someone you didn't mention. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Who's going next? Well, Matt, you should go next since you helped Jake with his. Did not help Jake. I will not <laughs> be responsible for that. Pick. Yes, you did. <laughs> I told you. Should have let it go around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go in alphabetical order here as to not show favoritism toward any of these guys. Um, so first, I will have to agree with Jake, and I will say John Bonham will be my first pick. And, uh, you know, like Jake said, Jake used the word versatile, and I couldn't agree more. Versatile, diverse, really what a drummer should be for a band. And what I mean by that is... Uh, impenetrable rock solid true like a concrete foundation for what everything else is built around and i think bonham was the prototypical foundation drummer uh for a hard rock band Uh, and if you need any proof of that you know listen to any of their stuff you know watch the song remains the same and watch his fucking 15 minute drum solo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep example exhibit one in the trial Mm -hmm. um all right so my second guy Joey Jordison from Slipknot. He was on my long list. He yeah. would have been on my long list. Um, I just, I think, yeah, he's great. I just, I never really got into Slipknot for whatever reason. Mm. Same. I have throughout this entire series of episodes, I've always weighed stage presence and shtick as well as all the other things combined. So obviously he has that being a part of Slipknot. He's got the skill, very groovy, very primal sound, aggressive, uh, but extremely melodic plotting, but he's just, he's fantastic. So I had to put him in here and, you know, to be honest with you guys, he was a lock for me. So Joey Jordison's number two, number three, I have Mr. Lombardo, who was the other lock for me. Um, I will say even in his mid fifties now, the man still may have the quickest hands and the feet and feet of any drummer. Uh, highly aggressive, of course. Uh, they call him the Godfather of the double bass, although he was obviously not the first one to to mm-hmm. make use of it. A guy later on my list was probably mm-hmm. the first one to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as has been said by many of his contemporaries and those he influenced, um, as aggressive and fast as he, he never really overplayed anything. I think one uh, everything that. Lars, I'm going to bring Lars up here only because they're contemporaries in the same genre, but he has a tendency to overplay some of his own songs, and Lombardo never overplays anything. He's always in the pocket, playing everything perfectly, uh, makes it seem effortless. 
uh, interesting fact: he's left-handed but plays the drums right-handed. Uh, hmm. He's a he's a fucking monster. I could watch him from now until the end of time. Uh, and such an identifiable sound. And I meant to say that about Bottom too, is that when you hear them play drums, you know who it is. And I think Lombardo is there too mm-hmm. in that same company with Bottom. So four uh, is the man, the original double bass man, and that's Keith Moon from The Who. Yes. Yes. Uh, as yes, I said, one of, the first, yes, one of the first to employ a double bass. Uh, it's a great parallel, and I read someone made this quote, and... I'm sorry, but I can't remember who it was. I just read it and I agree with it. And I thought it was awesome is that Keith Moon did for the drums, what Hendrix did for the guitar. Yeah. I think I mentioned this last week is that Hendrix did more for that instrument than maybe anybody else before him or after him. Um, And I think Keith Moon did the same thing for the drums. It makes perfect sense. Hmm. Um, I mean, if there was a, and you watch this guy play, man. And if there was ever a human, form of animal from the Muppets. I think it's this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, the guy yeah, has this true. demented it, fucking it look in his been, eye every time he plays. It might have been inspired by I him was going to say, wasn't course. he? I thought he was I mean, the... In- am I making Hansen? that up? Was he really? Because, I mean, it's No, perfect. I thought he was. Let me look he may have been, but we should verify that because it's perfect. No, I feel like I yeah. heard... Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Keith Moon is... is I mean, is even the way his hair moved on his head... I didn't think of... I didn't think of The Who as being hard rock metal. I guess maybe that was what why I didn't even think to put They're him... They're definitely hard rock, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I have to put them it in the same... It is Keith Moon. It's Keith Moon inspired. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, I thought I... Okay, Moon. so there you go. Me oh too. Gosh, that's okay. hilarious. I thought, I thought I that it. as well. It is, yes. It was... Okay, so there you go. Def- yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I had to put him in only because I just... At that time period, I have to group them in with Zeppelin. So if I'm going to include Bonham, I feel like I have to include Keith Moon in Absolutely. that list too. Yeah. Um so yeah, look, I'm not really a Who fan, but I'm certainly a Keith Moon fan. So he's a, he's a shoe in for me. And number five, the last one, and I think when you said technical drummer, um, this is the guy that came to mind. Moon was the guy who I thought you said was an innovator. Uh, but Jake, when you said tech technician, I thought this guy, and that's Neil Perk from Rush, the ultimate technician. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah, that was the other guy I was yeah. thinking he was talking about. So, yeah. Neil Peart's your mean, last pick? He's my last pick. Okay. Um, drew his influence from a wide range of drummers, from a wide range of genres, from jazz to rock. Um, you know, his drum solos are the stuff of legends, crazy arrangements, time mm-hmm. signatures. Uh, you know, he, he played like he had eight freaking arms and legs, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, For sure. that's my list. That's a great list. Good list. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot, very interesting because it seems like you, you're skewing more towards classic. Yeah. Not more even than, than my list, which is yeah. very Except he had Slipknot. <clears throat> yeah. Which is very, well, I'm not uh, saying it was all classic. I'm just said it was more weighted towards that way than I would have expected. Yeah, that. and honor- honorable mentions I had Alex Van Halen, uh, Mike Portnoy, uh, yeah. Dave Grohl, um, yeah. uh, Brad Wilk yeah. also. The guy from System of a Down, whose name I, I had his name here, and I freaking yeah, forgot I'm it. Always yeah, always blank on his. Yeah, and uh, Vinnie Paul also. So those yeah, are my I, honorable I don't mentions. know. If, I don't know if I intentionally did this, or if I kind of just set out to do it early on. But I'm realizing that I've kind of picked a different instrumentalist from each kind of subgenre of the music we're talking about. Mm-hmm. As I'm looking, I'm looking at my list, and I'm like, oh. They're all kind of very different from each other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, when Ed made that point about 
kind of skewing classic. I, I was like, man, did I do that? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor, do you want me to go next? Or you, you, go go ne- next? you go next, Ed. You go okay. next. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so this is my my top five drummers list. This was tough narrowing it down like, like the rest of you guys. I ha- I still have, like Jake, there's one slot I'm still kind of going back and forth about two, and we'll see what it ends up being. Um, so my number five slot, um, this is a drummer who tends to be overshadowed by his axe-wielding brother. <laughs> so if that'll give you a little clue. But he is also a, a musical prodigy in his own right. And of course I'm talking about Alex Van Halen. Alex is responsible from, for one of the most kick-ass and memorable drum intros in rock with the song Hot for Teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. oh yep. my gosh, so good. <laughs> so, so good. And among these reasons, and, you know, being one of my personal favorites, and I gave him the number five spot. Plus, you know, this also allows me to complete the set, so to speak. <laughs> if you think about that. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, number four spot I gave to James Sullivan, also known as The Rev from oh, Avenged yeah. Sevenfold. Hmm. Um, this is a guy, you know, when I first heard Avenged Sevenfold, it was the drumming that immediately drew me in to this guy. This guy is a monster with a double kick bass. And previous to that, you know, I had never really listened to um, Slayer. And so I'd never really heard anything quite like that, you know, and I wasn't into Slipknot and all that. So, um, yeah, so that for that reason, I give him the number four spot. Mm. That's not a typical um, Ed, it's not a typical Ed pick. No. No. I like it, though. I like it. <laughs> Number three, this is the one. <laughs> this is the tough one. Going back and forth. Um, but just so I don't skew more newer than people would expect, I think I'm going to give this one to Nico McBrain oh. of Iron Maiden. The other one I was I was thinking about was Danny Carey, and he deserves a huge honorable mention. Um, but Nico is going to take it. Um, don't you still have two spots left? Yes, I do. This is number <laughs> third, number three spot. Oh, the, you're going the to top, t- the top oh, okay. two, the top two are, are locks. Um, yeah. yeah. So number two, I am not a big fan of Slayer, but I have to give credit where credit is due. Dave Lombardo. I think definitely deserves to be um, number two on my list and is one of the greatest drummers out there currently still playing. So props to Dave Lombardo. Number one, this was not even a question from the first, from the first moment we said we were going to do this list. The first name that popped into my mind, just like when we did guitarist, Eddie Van Halen was the first person to pop into my mind. And that is, of course, Rush's own Neil yeah, Peart. Sure. Yeah. And for <laughs> reasons that you guys have, have said, this guy set a new standard for the drum kit. For sure. The amount of drums this guy plays is amazing. And like 
just like Matt said, he plays like he's got eight arms and legs. Yeah, I listen to some of his drum beats on songs, and I try to fit, just imagine playing like that, and I just can't do it. It's just beyond me. The guy is freaking amazing. So, so far, it's interesting. We've had kind of we got a, a three-way tie here, list. actually. Yeah. We got one. three guys with two votes each. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. going to get really interesting. It's about to get real, real. <laughs> oh, All right, boy. Sailor. All right. Here we go. All right. Um, I'm going to start off with my number five as well. Um, someone that I really wanted to put in this list, but it does not fit into the musical category. Um, you know, just like we all did with Hendrix, uh, for guitar players. I wanted to put Cindy Blackman in here. She's the drummer for Lenny Kravitz and drum for Santana. She is mm-hmm. fucking amazing. And I've heard her play hard shit, but you know, she's not in a hard rock band, so I didn't yeah. put her in there. I've heard her Santana stuff is awesome. She, she's yeah. sickening. I mean, mm-hmm. and she's cool as fuck, you know. Um, being a black woman in music, number one, and in that style of music, you know, it's her stories are cool as shit. Um, I, I also wanted to put Cozy Powell in there, but I, I, I passed him up. Ginger Baker of Cream, I didn't feel uh, that he that Cream belonged in here. Um, Scott Travis, I wanted to put him in from Judas Priest. I didn't. I went with Alex Van Halen, um, which may be surprising coming from me. But the reason I went with Alex Van Halen is because I think people don't realize what type of drummer it would take to be the foundation of a guitar player like Eddie Van Halen. I think people don't. If you, I think Great if point. you understand music, you you know you probably. You know, it took me a while as I was growing up and learning more about music and, and, you know, how all the different parts come together to be a foundation and hold, be able to hold that band together when you have someone playing like Eddie plays is one thing. It's yet another to also be able to do that without effort, might I say, watch this guy play, watch some old clips and then insert your own style into it. (laughs) <laughs> that takes that's a whole other level of of talent and mastery on your instrument um and also his uh the hand that he had in creating the music and writing the music um is he is looked he is overlooked i think anybody would be that that played with him um I think the fact that he was so overlooked, but you know has been with the band as long as he ha- he was and and you know what he created with them, he absolutely belongs on this list. Um, to complement a guitar player like Eddie Van Halen and to really, he also created a style of drum playing for those, you know, hard rock bands of the time that a lot of other drummers followed. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's an amazing feat to do. So that's why I put him on there. Um, okay, number four is Pete Sandoval. He is called the father of the blast beat from Terrorizer and Morbid Angel. He's also called the king of the kick drum. When death metal was in its infancy, he would practice nothing but double kicks until he would literally collapse onto the floor in a pool of sweat. Um, he was once, there's a great story where the band played a, a 
a song for him with a drum machine and said it was a real drummer. And he lost his fucking mind trying to play as fast as the drum machine did. <laughs> and they said that he got like, like creepily close. He lost, he was like losing his mind until they told him like, no, 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 dude, it was a drum machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but before perfecting, which he did, um, that blast beat he was a genius in his pedal blast um and you can hear that on the first terrorizer album and i highly recommend listening to that first album and just isolating the sound of the drummer it's he's unfucking believable unbelievable <laughs> and set a standard for the way a lot of double kick drumming is done these days so to me since that's such a major part of the sound of heavy me- heavy metal and hard rock he absolutely belongs on this list um Okay, now the next three were very hard to do. Do they belong? One, two, three. They were all locks on my list, but in what order they went was very difficult. Uh, Number three is Keith Moon. Um, (laughs) So I wrestled with this one a lot, but in all of my research, I do believe that he belongs on this list. I do believe the Who are a hard rock band. Um, And... Moon set the stage for a style of drumming and a technical recipe for hard rock that uh, drummers are still emulating to this day. Um, Much like his colleague Neil Peart, when Neil doesn't make the number one spot on a best drummer list, it's because Moon is there and vice versa. He was about as unique as it can get at the time, and Moon is credited as one of the earliest rock drummers to regularly employ double bass drums. And since that's a foundation for hard rock and metal percussionists, he gets this spot in my opinion. Number two, as you may have guessed, Neil Peart. He has won hundreds of Reader's Poll Awards and 12 consecutive Best Recorded Performance Awards. Both technical and creative, Neil Peart was a drummer who drove the entire sound of his band from start to finish. He helped to define an entire genre of progressive rock and has, in, has inspired generations of drummers since. The fact that the man continues his education to this day, even though he's retired as a drummer, is mind-blowing. The fact that he wrote the lyrics, that song structure, everything, is just, as, as you guys have said, I don't, I don't want to say too much more, but just phenomenal, out-of-this-world drummer. And then my number one spot goes to John Bonham, of course, <laughs> as you guys said, a pioneer in heavy metal and rock because they were considered heavy metal at the time. Some say he wrote the Bible on hard rock drumming. He's known for his speed, his power, his fast bass drumming and adding groove to that speed, which was absolutely unheard of at the time. He's regarded as the most influential rock drummers in history. He could literally play any style masterfully, rock, jazz, Latin, funk. This was seen in his use of gongs, timpani, and other in, other percussion instruments, um, like the song Misty Mountain Hop and No Quarter. Listen to those songs, and you get a taste of his style beyond just hard rock. To me, John Bonham is the number one drummer, um, period, end of story for anything that's hard and beyond. I think he is, just like drummers are, the foundation of hard rock and hard, yeah, and metal. I mean, I just, I can't imagine how... I could create a list like that and not put him in the number one spot. Um, a couple other people that made my long list. Uh, Paul, I never can get his name right. Mazurka Kurowitz, Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Like I can never say his name yeah, right. Whatever like the fuck. Yeah. He's, he is 
sick Solid as choice, fuck. Yeah. And Mick Harris from Napalm Death, his style, he's astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Dave Lombardo and Vinnie Paul were on there as well on my long list. But let me before we mm-hmm. add add everything up. If I if you guys would allow me to just take a minute to talk about some female drummers because there were no females that made our lists. Um, the only time we've had a female make any of these top lists was in our singers. So I just want to uh, just give you guys a list of names of phenomenal female drummers that have also played a part in creating sound and style that maybe not necessarily have fit in this in the structure that we put it in. Um, Honey Landry from the Honeycombs. Kate Schellenbach from the Beastie Boys and Luscious Jackson. Mm-hmm. Maureen mm-hmm. Moe Tucker from the Velvet Underground. Sandy West from The Runaways, Megan Martha White from The White Stripes, Cindy Blackman, of course, again, from Lenny Kravitz, Gina Shock from The Go-Go's, Janet Weiss from Slater Kinney, Patty Schemmel from Hole, Dee Placas from L7, Paloma Romero from The Slits, Tori Castellano from The Donnas, who I love, Roxy Petrucci from Vixen, Sheila E. from Prince, Leah Shapiro from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. She's fucking amazing. And Carla Azar from Autolux and PJ Harvey. If you have not heard of these women or these bands, please rewind this and play it over. Write it down. Look it up on Spotify. These chicks fucking rock. Thank you. Great list. Mm-hmm. So, all right. This is how the numbers look. We've got a three-way tie. <laughs> Oh boy! No, we've we got, got two, right? Th- three. three. No, we've got three Bonham, Lombardo, Lombardo, and Peart. Ed, you didn't have Bonham. Oh, that's right. The three of us had Lombardo. That's no, I right. didn't have. I didn't have Bonham. No. Yeah, Alex Van Halen was one of them too. Sailor, yeah, can I, that's can only I, two. That's can only I two. ask? I'm surprised you didn't have Lombardo in your five. I didn't because could you not I put him over Sandoval? No, I couldn't. You couldn't because, put it. Yeah. No, because Lomb- I mean. If only Matt would have picked Dave Lombardo I've... over Bill Ward on my list, then Lombardo <laughs> would be in up, there. Dude. But Matt <laughs> likes Bill Ward over you, Dave Lombardo. You had the ultimate final say on that, man. So I mean, this I makes going, it more interesting. I was going for style creators and establishers, okay. um, like origin drummers and mm-hmm. or drummers that their talent was so bizarre you could not mention them. And I felt that Pete Sandoval had more of a hand in creating that style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Lombardo's a fucking incredible, incredible drummer, yes. But to me, Sandoval, just being the father of the blast beat, it's just a different, for me, a different qualification, a different qualifying factor gotcha. than Lombardo. That's awesome. why I chose him over mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So we guys, we have to choose between um, Bonham, Lombardo, and Peart. Um, so what I suggest is that we take a break. Um, we go pee. We um, think for a few minutes and uh, come back, and we'll have to make a decision. Okay. All right. This next piece features. Uh... A man who needs very little introduction. A man who played tambourine on Battle of Evermore. John Henry Bonham, over the top!
And we're back. All right, back from the break. I feel better. I didn't pee my pants. That's always good. I had a little time to think. Let me make a correction. I fucked up. I fucked up. We had a hanging up. Chad. We had a hanging Chad. It's been resolved. It's, it's, <laughs> the tie is between Bonham and Peart. Yeah. Actually, not, not Lombardo. Um, right. That was my bad. So, uh, we're going to go around the room and we're going to each give our case why we think one is stronger than the other. This is tough for me because they're both on my list. Um, it's going to be tough for three of us that did that. So uh, who wants to start? I'll start since I didn't have, uh, I didn't have Peart on, on my list and, and that might've honestly, that might have been a slight on my part because I do think that he is uh, an incredible drummer and I don't, I don't know why I didn't put him on. Uh, <clears throat> I, I guess he just wasn't top of mind for me. Um, and, and you know, like I said, maybe kind of in that per, I, I don't know, maybe in that progressive style, I just felt like Bonham maybe was that to me. Um, <clears throat> I think that, if I was going to make the argument mathematically within this, even though we didn't set the we didn't set the parameter to actually do this in a one through five, like first place, second place, third, you know, etc. Uh, two of us did vocalize that John Bonham was in our number one slot, mm-hmm. whereas Peart only appeared in one number one slot of the three people that discussed him. Mm-hmm. So, but besides that, I think we've, I, I think we've said, I think we've said, uh, you know, had glowing praises for both drummers and they, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no loser here. It's really just, uh, you know, who, who's gonna, who's gonna appear in our super group? Who gets that spot? Who didn't choose, hmm. who didn't choose Bonham? Ed. I didn't. Who didn't choose Peart? Me. Okay. You just said that, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so really, so really, we... <laughs> okay, interesting. Okay, go ahead. Who wants to go next? Well, so I would I would have Bonham 1, Pier 2. You know what? So I had Neil Peart as my number one, and I'm, I'm sticking with that. I still think Neil Peart is the greatest. I would, if I would have included John Bottom on my list... Um, Again, this is coming back to the how contentious this criteria for drummers has been. Well, not just for drummers, for any of these band members. Um, I disqualified John Bonham based on the hard rock and metal. I didn't feel at the time that John Bonham should have been on this list. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I would have had him at my number two <laughs> spot on my list if i could go back and redo it again and i kind of think I, that's how i felt for some reason with uh with neil peart that i just don't i don't know i just never thought of i you know rush isn't a band to me that just pops in my head is hard rock or metal mm-hmm. they're definitely hard rock I, yeah no they are but they I mean, just that's just how we covered those, them yeah. yeah no i agree with that i just for whatever reason they don't pop in my head as that mm, so so because of that peer and same thing you know with you guys with like I said, with uh, with Moon and and the Who, that's another band where yeah, I guess now that I think about it, and you guys made the points that yeah, I, I would I would include them as a hard rock band, and I oh, probably definitely. would have 
I would have to rethink, you know, having Moon on there, especially, I mean, the animal point, really. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I love animal. <laughs> well, I guess this is why we don't discuss this ahead of time. It gives us something exactly. to discuss on the show. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's why I'm okay. always like, save it for the show, guys. So Ed went to Ed went uh, Bonham two Peart one. Mm-hmm. Matt. Well, <laughs> well, if for me between these two guys, I have to break it down super simple for me because if I look at the technical aspect and everything they can do on stage and you know the showmanship and you know i i'm, I'm gonna go crazy so for me i gotta break it down simple and simple for me is what i said when i was talking about john bottom was what is a drummer a drummer is the foundation it is the rock it is steady it is concrete uh, it is something that you can always look back to and you know it's going to be there all the time on point rock solid and he was the one he exemplified that and there is no other better example of that than john bonham so if when i break it down simple like that i have to go bottom one pier two well i mean i've listed bottom as one and pier two as well um and that was very difficult for me to do i did not set out when i started the list to do this in order I think I don't I think this is the first time I did any of my choices in order maybe um but when you have to me when you have John Bonham, Neil Peart and Keith Moon together in a fucking list <laughs> <laughs> I mean they all deserve the top spot they but do. I had to find a, I, I they for just different, do. yeah for different reasons for too. three they're, they're di- very completely different, different, different reasons yeah. yeah but they are to me they are historical drummers I do believe that we will be talking about Bonham, Peart, and Moon in 50 years from now. They will still be cited. I do treat, and that's that was kind of really important in my list as well. In all of the list, the lists we've done is you know how do they stand up historically? You know will they will they be remembered? Did they did they have enough influence in the history of music on this earth? And I think these guys will be at the top for a very long time. I think your choice of what's his head from Lamb of God, Jake. I think in 20 years from now, he's probably going to be seen as as a, a, a Moon or a Bonham. I, I'll give you that, but not right now to me. It, it, there's other guys sure. that came first. Oh, yeah. um, I would agree with but that. But I think that Bonham is more of a pioneer than Peart. Peart is more technically precise in a more in a more classical way. Bonham was more technically precise in a natural way. He had the natural ability of precision. Mm. Um, I think that Peart is was probably is probably more was is more creative in a way and has had a broader spectrum of where he could push his music but bonham didn't get enough time to do that Mm. so i can't say that he couldn't do that but his mastery of the different genres of music being able to not only jump in and go oh yeah i can play funk i can play latin music which by the way is very fucking difficult to play as a percussionist i can play rock and i can pioneer this fucking sound and i can do it with flair and panache and showmanship puts him above Peart for me. He, for those reasons, because to me they're, they're, they're equal, but that little edge 
is what puts him over the top for me. So Bonham stays in the number one spot for me. Well said. Well, and, and when you look at uh, this, kind of just pops in my head too that I I didn't really think about when you know evaluating that. Just listening, list, listing those three drummers. That's three of the most iconic rock bands in history. It for and oh, for good yeah. reason, right? And, and and for good reason. And I think when you look at what happened with Led Zeppelin, when Bonham died, that was it. Yeah, I mean, we're, absolutely. Th- that's how important he was. Yes, to that yeah. band. And yeah. I, I think, I think I could confidently say that the other two bands probably would have done the same thing. I think that yes. both of those drummers were were that uh, crucial to each of those bands as well. And and I don't know if I don't know if there's a lot of other drummers out there where you could say like, you know, that they couldn't, not that they wouldn't want to, you know, not replace them, obviously. But mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of bands out there that I mean, there's a lot of bands out there. Period that that are iconic but that have gone through different lineups where maybe they've had a different guitar player or a different drummer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But when I, I think uh I think we've I think we've done well to put those three names really in the final discussion and, and mm-hmm. I think that uh I think that all three of them are equally crucial to their bands and their, you know, three of the top Well Top same thing with Keith Moon. As he would die very what you're saying with yeah. yeah, same thing with Keith Moon. These two of these drummers, we never got to see their full potential. Yeah, right. We never yeah. got to see Sorry. them evolve. Yeah. And their bands, both of them, their bands couldn't. They weren't their. They weren't the same band anymore after the death of both of these musicians. Right. But interestingly, Neil Peart, the Rush saw that moment. Neil said after his daughter and wife died, "I'm done. I'm out. I'm yep. totally done." And he meant it. And there was a what a five year hiatus, I think it was, or maybe even longer. And the band said, "Well, we we cannot go on without Neil. He is the band. He is the he is the band. Period." So you're absolutely right that these guys i mean not to diss on lombardo but i know other drummers can come in and play <laughs> and they have like, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. yeah well, exactly yeah. you know and that's you know but but i'll say this about van halen could you have created the same <clears throat> music and complemented and been the structural foundation for eddie van halen back in the day when they were writing a new type of hard rock other than Alex, I think it would have been very difficult. I think it would have been very hard. Yeah. I think uh, the so, fact that they were brothers had a big Oh sure. A big yeah, because they sure. played with them the, with each other, you know, sure. probably since they were little kids. They were. Yeah. And they, they did. So they did. Yes. I'm sure that that team chemistry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that was yeah, it's another qualifying factor is could this band, and I think we talked about this with some of our other, we talked about this with our singers, could mm-hmm. the band still be the band without these people? That was a big factor for me. Again, I believe that holds true with Pete Sandoval as well, is Morbid Angel would not have been Morbid Angel, and you would not have created that type of death metal sound without Pete Sandoval, in my opinion. He helped to define a sound, period. You know, it's a smaller subgenre of metal, but nonetheless, I don't think they would have still been that band. And I think that style of drumming and what he did by by um, mastering that blast beat it is, is, you know... The guy, dude from Lamb of God, is playing like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So he he's he's a founding father of one of your picks, Jake, you know. And so oh, that's yeah. that was another qualifying factor for me. But it, it's Bonham has to go has to go to the top because I think Neil has had an entire lifetime to do what he did, 
And I will say that I think the reason why Bonham Edge is on top of him is I think he did almost as much in a fraction of the time. Yeah. And that's why I think he deserves the number one spot over Neil. Well said. Well said indeed. All right. Well, there you so, have it. Sounds like Bonham is our guy. Bonham is it. So why don't, you, why don't you go over go over the lineup for their for our super group's first performance, Sailor? Who do we got? All right, so hang on a second. Let me pull. I gotta insert him into my list now. So we've got um, who do we have? We've got Freddie Mercury, lead singer. We've got lead singer. We've got Cliff Burton on bass. <laughs> and who is our guitarist? Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Eddie Van Halen. And who is our drummer? John, John Bonham. Bonham. Wow. Holy fuck. <laughs> Imagine what that would I fucking sound like. I want to hear this like. band so bad. <laughs> I just want to. Oh, my God. What an interesting. What an. Just the optic of that is amazing. Freddie Mercury and John Bonham together playing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I. You know what, though? I think this band would have turned but, into some type of hard rock funk band because the funny thing about all of our choices is we know we know Cliff loved funk. We mm-hmm. already know that he was super funky. Freddie Mercury, okay. <clears throat> Again, all, a lot of these guys cl- have the classical. I was going to say that to them the as well. Yeah. They all so have very classical I, training. I don't think they would have gone a metal route. I think they would have ended up turning into some funk rock thing <laughs> I, I, I think easily I could see them being like a um, like a, an even uh, even more talented more technical uh, like mashup of of Queen and you know with some of that because you know Freddie would be throwing some classical piano riffs in there and, and I mean you know the other guys could have jumped right in and just oh, been brilliant yeah. to play along. Not you know, I'm not trying to disparage the members of Queen, but I I just I don't think that that they can play to the level of the other people no, that we have on this no, list. This and is that's a much better line. that's yeah. that's not a negative to them. It's a positive to the to the to the people that we've chosen. But uh, yeah, I think Eddie you hear, and Bonham. Oh Eddie goodness. and Bonham together. <laughs> Well, with to and me, with, Eddie and, and with, Freddie, with Cliff sick. walking that spine would just be. But just Bonham and to me, Bonham and and Eddie, those two together. Forget the other guys for a second. Yeah. Just that sound alone. Chills. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me giggle. Oh, too bad. Yeah. I know. I yeah, know. Right? <laughs> like I'm a little kid. It makes me giggle. Although I would have, you know. Part of me, like thinking about it now, Keith Moon and Cliff Burton together, I would have loved to see that. Yeah, that I think that would have been, been kind cool of. Those guys too. are both fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah. I'm, uh, sure. I'm envisioning a Photoshop project what these guys <laughs> look like together on stage. <laughs> oh my god! I can, oh I can work on that. I'll work on that. Hmm. So there's one more thing that we forgot, and maybe we're gonna address it. And maybe I'm cowbell. just jumping ship here. A cowbell play. <laughs> <A> cowbell <laughs> so before the first episode, we blindly wrote down who we thought was going to be yep. our supergroup. Okay. Yeah. And we I weren't allowed to look that. at it. What? Hold on, I gotta no. find it. Oh yeah, we couldn't share. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'll I'll share mine. I'll go ahead. Um, 
for lead singer, I had Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm, me too. For bassist, I had Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. For guitarist, this is the was the one I was kind of surprised I was right on. I had Eddie Van, ha- Eddie Van Halen. Wow. Drummer, I had Neil Peart, and I was just missed three it. three quarters. Just missed it. All right, so I had Freddie as well. I had Cliff. I had Hendrix, and <clears throat> I had Neil Peart. So I was fifty percent. Interesting. Yeah. Now this is the list. This because I think we we said to make the to write down the list that we thought it would end up. We being. thought it would yes. end up being. Right. Yes. We what our guess was. Not, not each of not our own. You thought it. Yeah. No. 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 What our best be. guess okay. was. Yeah. We, yeah. Because yep. that, that's what I had, and I had okay. I had John Bonham on drums. I had Freddie Mercury on uh, on lead vocals. I thought we would all have Cliff on our list, and mm-hmm. so. That you know, I I thought that would be the one that we would all connect on, and I thought that this was the one that went curveball. I did not have, I didn't think Eddie Van Halen was going to come through. I thought the three of you were all going to pick Randy Rhodes. R- me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, exactly. And so, interesting. That yep. was. I thought. I thought yep. that would have been the one where I yep. knew I wasn't going to have him. Two, right? But I Came thought for sure he was, yeah. the yeah. three of yeah. you were going to have all yeah. have Randy Rhodes. Very close. I did, though. So that See, was... I thought the same thing. I thought I had Freddie. I kind of knew we were all going to pick Freddie. I had Neil Peart <laughs> as a drummer. And then I couldn't decide between Lemmy and Cliff who we were going to choose. I mm. knew I would choose Cliff, but I thought you guys mm. were going to choose Lemmy. I, th- I thought at least two of you were. So I had Lemmy, Cliff, Freddie, Randy Rhodes, and Neil Peart. All right, so you had one of four. Both Jake and Ed had three of the four, <laughs> correct? And then I had two of the four. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we kind of know each other pretty we well. We do, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had some curveballs in there, though. That we was, definitely had that some curveballs. So, so with that said, what would each of your super groups be? Less so because we didn't we didn't necessarily use you know that um, <clears throat> the ranking format of this is my number one two but let's just real quick what would and it's got to you can't just now go from you know from nothing and pick different people because that's who you want to play together just kind of thinking back on your list who were your four number ones what what would have that created for your supergroup hmm. this would be my supergroup pick. <clears throat> What we ended up with, or what you just yeah. said? What we ended up with. <clears throat> Bonham, Freddie, Cliff, and uh, and Eddie. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I mean, Randy. Okay. It, it would be a toss up between Randy and Eddie. But I think Eddie <clears throat> was was the better choice, so this would be it. So I'm trying to think. So I had so Bonham would have been my number one on the drums. <clears throat> Flea, I think I had on my number one for bass. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> who did I have for my number one on guitar? Well, Freddie, <clears throat> Freddie was my number one on vocals, so I had that. And then my guitar player, uh, my guitar players, I had so many of them. <laughs> I'm thinking I would have ended up with Freddie, Cliff, Eddie. And Neil, which is what you thought it was going to be, which is what I yeah. was picked. But 
I'm still not 100% sure on Cliff. i got to look back in my notes. I was going to say, I, I, have all of my, I have all my categories here except my guitar players. Just off the top of my head, obviously, I said Jimmy Page is my favorite guitar player, but I think if I was going to pick from you know what I would consider the hard rock and metal... Jeez, oh, that's <laughs> such a tough call. Because as much as I have... So much respect for Eddie Van Halen. Hmm. He's just not my favorite. Hmm. And that's where I had such a hard time because if I look at how much I love the guitar in Metallica, it's not one person that does it all. It was the two of them combined. Oh, we didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember oh, when yeah. I said that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Metallica, funny <laughs> that no one brought up Lars as an honorable mention. Nope. Are you kidding me? I we, mean, we although, you know what, I, shit on our I didn't lot, say a lot of honorable mentions, but I think he does. He deserves. He's a very good yeah, drummer I mean, in his own right. I don't I don't. It sounds like we pick on Lars a lot and we do, but we do. I do think that Lars deserves a lot of props for for what he's he done has his on place. The drums. He has his place in history and he has his place in history. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Um, but I think if you're going to be talking about rock gods i don't believe that he's high up on a list of rock gods um other than being a founding member of a you know a founding genre changing band she certainly you know is um, he one of the most important people in the history of heavy metal music yes he's one of the most important people come on He's just not one of the oh, most people. He's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's just sure, sure, sure. He's just sure. he's just not uh, you know right. for for what we're talking about here. We're yeah. talking about individual talents and mm-hmm. what you bring to the band within that within that portion of your instrument. And mm-hmm. and you know for the qualifications that we had, I mean just the if we were to talk about the we could probably narrow between the four of us. We could narrow probably all of our lists down to six or seven people. I'm guessing, uh, if if we were all four combine our lists, and he's not, he's just not even close. I mean, there's no way I would even ever put him in the same breath as the three guys that we were just talking about at the end with Keith totally. Moon, Neil Peart, and John Bonham. I mean, there's he just totally. he's not even close to that conversation. No, no, no. you're absolutely <clears throat> right. It's a yeah, no. No, as far as a person, no, you're right. A person in the history of music, in the history of metal, yes, of course. Um, but talent is a whole other thing on the level that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't play drums, and I can't play drums like Lars, and I can't even imagine yeah, doing yeah. so, you know. But it. The, the, the level we were discussing, he doesn't meet the criteria. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's, even within the same genre, well, him and Lombardo being contemporaries, I don't even think it's close. No. no. I mean, I don't think it's close. I mean, just, it's not. If you just watch them. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. one thing. If if you've watched drummers for long enough, and I think if you have, if you can play drums well enough to know how 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 difficult it is to just be good at it, you know, it's kind of like that, just the, the raw athleticism of a drummer, just that raw talent mm-hmm. 
that just that natural ability to just feel the beat within you and then put that art on a drum kit and to keep time for other, all these yes. other musicians, you're you're the timekeeper for everybody. You're the pace setter. That's that's, that's something to me that that is the most important thing. Because yeah. if you can take your canvas of your drum kit and just, I mean, just put something out there that that sounds amazing, and that's where that's why you know when you watch Lombardo play, he's not thinking about it. The guy's just playing drums, and he's doing it incredibly. And he's, you can tell, it's just, he just has a natural gift. And when I watch Lars, it's like he's, he's, he's really thinking about it. I don't, I think that he's, I think that what makes him brilliant as a musician is what's inside of his head. I think the fact that he probably practiced as much as anybody and just had the will to be, in a in, you know in, in in the greatest metal band ever is what made him great not necessarily that that he had a natural gift or an ability to play drums yeah and another thing i'll add to that too is that i think he has a lead singer mentality behind a drum kit so i think that takes away from his playing sometimes yes no but i mean he you know if he if you watch him play, if you've seen them live, he does as much crowd interaction as James does. He does. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So, I for mean, sure. if for he sure. just played and played to the, to the strength of the song, and I think he would probably be better than what we give him credit for. But, you know, like you said, it's just he really has to think about it sometimes, unfortunately. And, may, and, maybe, and maybe that's it. Maybe he's thinking of all those other things. Yeah, all, those, all the other all aspects of it. Yeah, which have mm-hmm. made him great as the leader, one of the leaders of that band. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe he just didn't have the ability to let that go, like some of these other drummers. Uh, I mean, you watch Bonham play, and the crowd loves him because of what he because of what he brought. But right. I don't think he's right. sitting there thinking, "Oh man, I got to get these guys." I think he's just sitting there going, "I freaking love to play the drums, and I'm just going to play oh, yeah. these drums, and I'm well, just I loving think, this music." I think- you're absolutely right, and I, I would say Tommy Lee. I think it would be a good would be a good example as well. Tommy yeah. Lee is known as a personality, yep. and he did his he had antics oh, yeah. on stage. If you listen to his drumming, meh, yeah. you know, meh. But as a <laughs> his, as a showman, his, he's he's as a showman as a drummer. As a drummer, as, as a, a sh- excellent as a showman, he was such a huge part <laughs> of that band becoming mm-hmm. famous. Uh, such a huge part of their performance and their showmanship. <laughs> but technically, no. And I think it's the same, absolutely the same <sighs> with Lars. I mean, he was Lars is a huge personality in that band. He's a huge personality in metal, and sometimes that's really good, and sometimes. It's not. So we talked about <laughs> we talked about like the different lists, and I was looking at Loudwire's '66 uh, hard rock and metal greatest hard rock and metal drummers, and you know they give a little paragraph for each one without fail. And I think there was only it was like you know some paragraphs longer than others, especially once they got towards the top ten. But they had something about every single one of them, except like right in the middle of the pile. It just had a picture of Tommy Lee, and it said Tommy Lee, and that was it. It just like, it didn't say. Any, I think I saw the say, same list. It didn't Jake, say. I anything. think I saw the same list. It didn't list. say anything about him. Yep. And it said yep. it said something about every like everybody except him. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, was, absolutely. There were several actually like that that had like some had really long paragraphs because 
I think we were saying this on the break. I must have gone through 60 of these and I did it with, I've done it with all the categories, the singers, the drummers, the bassists, yeah. the guitarists, all of these best of lists just to go back. Cause I wanted to take notes on what pissed me off, what shocked me, what I agreed with and how ridiculous some of these lists are, especially if they don't say anything. And I came across two of them that were like that. There would be like a long paragraph for one guy and then nothing, just their name for the other guy. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck kind of list is this? How are you justifying your choice? Here's Tommy Lee. Cool. Next. <laughs> he drums upside <laughs> I think down. We can, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all yeah. say he's a little more famous for who he sleeps with than his drumming ability. Oh, before that, he was super famous, he's though. Super he was famous. a heartthrob. Super famous for a remote control. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That came, that came that so covered. much... L- that came so much later for me and Ed yeah. for for when we Not were growing it. up. Tommy Lee was, I think, the most famous person in Motley Crue. Oh, for I think. sure, probably. I, I mean, and then later so. the other stuff happened. Certainly not the craziest though. <clears throat> my my oldest sister <laughs> no. was a no. <laughs> a big a big Motley Crue fan, so I kind of knew, you know, I just I knew the music. It wasn't until I mean I was kind of at the age of getting into MTV when the whole like. Pamela Anderson Lee and Tommy Lee thing was a thing. And so that was, yes, even though I was like, oh, so it was kind of like, oh, that's that's that guy from the Motley Crue band. Yeah. yeah. It was much like that stuff happened. I think, thank God it happened in a way for him because they were becoming not so relevant anymore. And I think he single-handedly <laughs> kept that band relevant yeah. for much longer than they should have been just because of who he was and indeed who he was sleeping with and who he married and who the other, other things that happened, the creative projects, creative yeah. side projects that <laughs> happened. <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, I, I, with, without, I think without Tommy Lee, it's funny because now we're going to qualify him which I meant to do the opposite. I don't think Molly Crew would have been spent way too much time talking about without him. I know. (laughs) I'm not saying they're, but no, I don't think there would have been a Motley Crew without him. My opinion. Well, he's a he's a famous he's a famous drummer or infamous either one. Infamous, yes. He's well known as a drummer. Or well, he's a well known drummer. (laughs) Let's just say that. Yeah, one one other drummer I think deserves a mention too. Um, he was on my long list. I didn't mention him, but um, you know, a lot of times people use the term "with one arm tied tied behind my back" to uh, <laughs> Ill- to oh, say how well you can do something. Um, this is a drummer, Rick Allen of Def Leppard, who literally drums with one arm, and that to yeah, me is not very good. Amazing. <laughs> what do you mean he's See, not? See, it's funny. <laughs> But you have to. I, he's got one I, I, I was gonna put, I'm sorry, but I think you have to qualify a merit to say is he is he like the greatest one armed rock and roll drummer in history? Probably. I guess I don't know any other guys. But as far as like drummers go, he's not very good. According to you, I, I was gonna. If you I like a going, standard four four beat, I guess you're right. He keeps I was gonna put him on my beat. list too, and I went back because I because <clears throat> I was I'm impressed with the fact that not only did he start drumming so quickly after mm-hmm. his accident and get back to pl- I mean, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to lose a limb. I mean, I've had some serious injuries, but fucking hell. And so quickly he's back out there. Like, one of the first things he said, he said was, give me a drum kit. Like, I got to keep playing. 
that I respect so much. Absolute, um, absolute respect. What it takes not... to do that. But then I went back and I sat down. I was actually driving into Idaho the other day to visit my parents. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to just Def Leppard. And I'm really going to focus on just the drums while I do this. And <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, ooh, I, feel, I wish <laughs> yeah. I would have. I almost went, I wish I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> you felt bad I for I thinking it. <laughs> I did. I felt bad. I wish I would not have focused on the drums because now it's all I can hear. And it's not. It, no, he's a he's a very um, he's a good drummer and he gets the job done. For the level of for the level of fame <laughs> that his band achieved, he's very average. Exactly. Imagine yes. what he, he could do with two arms. He does not belong on this list. He, I can because I, I, I was listening to it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, well that's what I mean. Very early I don't, on in their I, career, too. So. Doesn't matter. Okay, but it's so okay. We just so talk about it Bonham. sounds exactly the same. It does. It sounds exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, we talked. We talked. Maybe I mean, Cliff Burton and Cliff Burton and Randy Rhodes were very young in their careers too. We could say, oh, their yeah. stuff is too early to measure. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I don't think point. that's. I think it's the same. They're the same ages. That's the point. Sure. Is. Uh, is he a great points. drummer against drummers we could go out and see today and like most drummers I, i'm sure he is better than most drummers out there that are just average drummers right sure especially with one arm but he does not belong in a list up against the drummers we discussed no, tonight no well, def- well it's like this t- it's like top. this <clears throat> no but still Lars is, Lars is Lars is how old mm-hmm. mid 50s yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's had he's had all of this time, mm-hmm. all of this the hours logged to become. I mean, he should be technically the greatest drummer <laughs> in history if you were going to make the argument that you should always improve over time. And John Bonham was better at twenty-seven than it Lars all comes is down to natural ability. His career. I think no. but that's what I that's yeah. such a big part yeah. to me that's 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 something I, I can just see it you can feel it but especially mm-hmm. if you watch to me if you watch a drummer play there's just a certain something that some of these guys have that mm-hmm. others just it's don't. just your internal it's, rhythm yeah. you just either have it or you <clears throat> don't yes yeah but then to be able to expand on that and to be able to share that with others, to be able to create and expl- – I mean, just if you read about both um, Moon and Bonhams, the way they set up their drum kits, um, w- really interesting about their approach to setting up their drum their drum kits. Um, I pair, pair it to the same thing. But, yeah, I think natural ability has – I think in all of the people that we've chosen, look at all the people we chose – Freddie Mercury, I talked a little bit about scientifically what made his voice so great. Um, you know, Eddie Van Halen, he's been playing since he was, could, he had fully formed fingers, you know. They put a guitar in his hand. Music has been a part of his life ever since. He just has that natural ability. Um, you know, Cliff Burton, same thing. You know, to be so young and to play so well, that's, they're all the guys we chose. Natural ability. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a great discussion. I am. I have to tell you, I am so happy to be done with this. This oh. has been so stressful. It has consumed my fucking brain for the past five weeks or six weeks. 
because we knew we were doing this ahead of time. I am really glad this is over. This was fucking brutal. I agree with you. It was, but (laughs) as brutal as it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. It was fun. It was. It was. It was totally fun. But I'm glad to be done with it. (laughs) So if everyone else, I hope, who was listening to this thought it was fun as we did, um, if you enjoyed the show, please join us again next week. But until that time, um, what's everyone been listening to or watching? Anything you'd like to talk about? I actually became obsessed with the podcast um, recently called Dr. Death. Have you guys heard this one? No. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, Did you, did any of you guys listen to Dirty John, that podcast? Oh, I know what you're talking, no, I haven't checked that one out, no, sorry. No. So it's by the same people, Wondery, they're called, um... So it's these, it's kind of like the true crime, mm-hmm. like Jake, you like those, the true crimes. You, yeah, you would love I listened this. to a couple wonders. Yeah, this one is so good. Dr. Death, it's um, about a uh, neurologist who, um, I don't want to give away too much, but he, he's responsible for the deaths of many of his patients and the crippling of many of his patients. And it went on forever, mm. even though he was exposed so early on in his career. Um, he, they, other doctors, other physicians, and hospital staff tried to stop him. So it's a really interesting look at how the medical board works and how difficult it actually is for a physician to have their privileges and licenses taken away. Um, it's fucking creepy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the story is really interesting, but it's very creepy um, that the, the the lack of checks and balances that are out there will freak you the fuck out. Did you, say this, is, say, did you say this is about Jack Vorkin? No. Because he had the nickname Dr. Death. No, so no, no, I, no. I didn't know if. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So no, it's... this was Dr. Death. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's about a neurologist um, from Texas. Um, hmm. But it's. It's um, interesting. What what I'm taking Let's like the story is the story is fascinating, but the takeaway is you really need to research your physicians and make sure you know people in person, perhaps that have ha- used this physician, and you can see actual results, not just online reviews. <laughs> but it's really good. Yep, that's it. That's all I got. Awesome. What about you, Ed? About me, um, well, I've still, you know, I think last time I talked about watching Avengers Infinity War last week. I'm still kind of catching up on my comic book movies, so I finally watched um, Justice League, um, which is not in the same league as (laughs) the Marvel. Pun pun intended. Very intended. <laughs> totally intended. So I, I'm not going to say I hated it. It was a fun movie. But, um, yeah, I still think that Marvel's got it all over DC at this point. Yeah, DC's got a, a lot of catching up to do if if, if it, they can even hope to catch up at all. I don't know. I do I do have to say that scene where Superman kicks all their asses is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was probably my to favorite part of the yeah. movie when, yeah, when he came back. and he makes a statement. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But, uh, spoiler alert. Um, 
We've all I seen it fine. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think yeah. we're fine. I think yeah. we're all right. How about you, Matt? And if you haven't, too bad. Yep. Well, nothing new, but I'll say that I'm still listening to what I was listening to last week, which is something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. I'm fucking obsessed with this podcast. I will listen to it laying in bed at night. I'll listen to it when I wake up in the morning. Uh, it's just so interesting to me, being such a big fan of wrestling, and especially the years in which he covers. Uh, it's super interesting. So if, even if you're a moderate fan of wrestling, I would definitely recommend checking it out on YouTube. Um, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. So good. So we started uh, after we finished uh, Homecoming, Sailor. What'd we you? decided to start watching uh, Sneaky Pete. You guys uh, heard of this I've one? I've heard it's, of it. Uh, I've never seen it. I think it's, a, I think it's, it's in a my prime. queue. It's a prime yeah, original. Yeah, it's in my queue. Oh. Yep. And yep. Uh, uh, Giovanni Ribisi is the Love him. is the lead character and and the premise. And this isn't going to give anything away because what they'll you know it'll say on the screen. Essentially, he is a uh, <clears throat> he's an ex con and he's he's hiding out. Let's just say he's hiding out with a with a family um, that isn't quite his own family. We'll just I put think it. they give it away in the previews. I think they kind of do too. No, they do. They say that he. Well, and either way, the very someone, first episode yeah. shows you that uh, this guy that he's been in jail with, who has basically told him his entire life story. Oh wow! In right. detail <laughs> while they're in jail together. Uh, uh, like to the point of being annoying <clears throat> uh when giovanni Ribisi gets out of jail um he can't go back to his old neighborhood because uh kind of the reason he why snitched, he was in jail um not quite but the reason why he's in jail and i want to tell that because that is kind of a a cliffhanger in the middle of the season um is is after him still and he needs to get some things squared away before he can kind of go back home. Um, and this family of the guy that he was in jail with hadn't seen that guy for 20 years. So he yeah, they was, went to jail really young. They were well, very young. Well, right? it was it was a situation where that guy, um, that guy's mom had like a falling out with with her family essentially. So so yeah, that family hadn't seen him since he was a kid, and they kind of resemble each other. <laughs> And and so That's he's amazing. living. He's essentially <laughs> yeah. forced to make this family think that it's him, oh, based man. on the memories that this guy yep. has told him in in prison. <laughs> and hilarity uh, ensues. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's a con. It's a con show, and it's it's really entertaining. I, so far, so good. We're uh, I think we're halfway through season one at this point, and uh, we're like six episodes in, and and yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, very entertaining, very Sounds clever, great acting, yeah. great acting, great acting. Are you guys gonna watch uh, Aquaman when it comes out? I saw the preview for it last night. My daughter, my daughter, and I went and saw Fantastic Beasts: uh, Crimes of Grindelwald last night, which I really enjoyed. Um, I thought it was good. Definitely, definitely a, a, a number two in a three-part series. You know how it is. The number two is always. Super informative, kind of takes the story further, but it but you're always left with a cliffhanger because it can't end when there still has to be another movie. Duh. Mm. But uh, the preview for Aquaman was in there, and it's it's hard to take it seriously 
you know, as far as like Aquaman an in-depth... is hard to take seriously. Period. <clears throat> I know. No, I mean, well, obviously it's fake, but but I think the character, <laughs> the character development within that movie, it's really, really cheesy. <laughs> but it, but if you kind of just let it go, it can be entertaining. Yeah. Have you ever met anybody that's like Aquaman is my favorite superhero? I think I would punch them in the face, or slap, and at least slap them and be like, "Get it together, man!" Like any of the, uh, I, I thought why it would was you interesting. The fans the I've heard of Aquaman have been more or less for the actor rather than the character, and they tend to be female yeah. for the six pack. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucking lame. That's lame. Who wants? Who the fuck wants to see the origin story of Aquaman? Nobody. <clears throat> Better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> Maybe the fish. Yes. Is. That a lot, it's, a lot of it things. Gives, it gives us it gives us something to watch in between Marvel movies. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! That was great. <laughs> you win tonight, Jake. <laughs> Alrighty, Matt. That's basically what DC's become. Matt, you want to do your thing? Yes. <clears throat> I'll do my thing. So to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rocket Whiskey Obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback, and we certainly want to hear your feedback on these episodes, and uh, let us know what you think about our choices, please, whether you fucking love them or hate them, we want to hear everything that you have to say. Uh, so this find time us, we actually do. We do, we do, we really do. <laughs> so find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey, send us your love, your likes, please share your thoughts, reviews questions suggestions concerns and comments about the show you can also follow us individually on instagram yours truly at the whiskey obsessor that is whiskey save the e jake nope (laughs) (laughs) why do i always have to throw it back to ed i don't understand (laughs) sailor how long have we been doing this (laughs) I'll just jump in, no, jump in here and say, uh, okay. if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Sailor, how about you? <laughs> hey, so you can find me on the internet as Sailor Retro, and also you can find me on Pretty Good for a Girl podcast, which is airing this Friday right here. Make sure you listen to it. I got a bunch of my badass babes on there. Kick-ass chicks and rock and roll. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already, please. Follow us on Instagram. Pretty good for a girl. Not going to want to miss this one. Trust me. (laughs) Well, this was a ton of fun. You can find me at Bourbon Spartan on Instagram. I hope you guys all enjoyed this series as much as we uh, enjoy putting it together. I I had a lot of fun. Uh, Kind of a fun way to wrap up wrap up the year of sorts and kind of yeah. get into the holidays and but we did have a blast hope you guys uh liked the super group that we put together because if you didn't you're wrong <laughs> i mean it's you're, true it's your it's opinion true. it's fine but except uh, you're wrong <laughs> except yep. you're wrong come come to listen to our show because we're right that's duh that's why we're here but anyways my drink is empty, guys. Tip your waitress on the way out. See ya. And tonight, I really and truly get to say, fuck you, Lars. Later, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>